Well, it is time to, uh, to share together in the Word this morning, so I want to uh, just relieve you here right now and let you know that I'm not preaching today. <laughs> Amen? So, uh, but, but instead, my beautiful wife is coming to share a word with you <laughs> this morning. And uh, so thankful for her. Uh, this is my everything and uh, i just appreciate her so much and she is a wonderful mom in her own right and uh, we're happy to have you to share this morning oh thank you thank you thank you happy mother's day happy mother's day what a privilege it is to share with you this mother's day it is a special day and a time when we just turn our thoughts to our mothers and so thankful for all that she represents Being a mom is definitely one of my favorite blessings, one of my most favorite joys. I'm so thankful for Jessica and Hannah, my beautiful girls. Love them so much. And also, you know, today I can't help but think about my mom. And if I talk too much about that, I'll get emotional. But I have seen the God of miracles in her life yet again this year. And um, I'm so thankful to have her with me. She's a gift from God. Um, And you know what? The good times come and the good times go, but God remains and the memories remain and God is faithful. Um, I just want to say real quick thanks to everyone that came and joined in to our Muffins with Mom. Thank you for attending. I think we had a great time. It was wonderful to see all of y'all fellowshipping and just enjoying one another. And thanks to all the ladies that helped to put that on. And, you know, being a mom is so special. Being a mom is so special. Spending time with your mother is so special. And I thought maybe today as we kick things off that just in case you forgot, I would remind some of you what it's like to be a mother, and hopefully some of these will put a smile on your face. So you know you're a mom when your feet stick to the kitchen floor and you don't even care, right? You know you're a mom when your idea of a good day is making it through with no food, no juice, or bodily fluids on your outfit, right? You know you're a mom when you are completely convinced that popsicles are a major food group. Anybody with me? You know you're a mom when spit is your top cleaning agent. You know you're a mom when you only buy cereal if it contains marshmallows. Woo, yes. You know you're a mom if your idea of a real vacation is using the bathroom alone and taking a shower is on your to-do list. You know you're a mom when you get a night out for a romantic meal with your husband and suddenly you realize that you're cutting up a steak. The real joys of being a mother, and hopefully those put a smile on your face. But today, I come bearing good news for the mothers, because in the Word of God, God never says that we're to have it all together, and I'm thankful for that. God never says that we have to be the perfect mom. Can I get an amen? Amen. Being a mom is a great responsibility, and it's a calling. But God never asks that we would be perfect. God said this journey would have good days. He said this journey would have bad days, but he also said that he would be the strength that we needed in every situation. There was this little boy, and he forgot his lines in a Sunday school presentation. And of course, his mother was right on the front row. 
She gestured and formed the word silently with her lips to help him remember, but it didn't help. Her son's memory had gone completely blank in that moment. But finally, mom leaned in closer to help and she began to whisper the cue. She said, I am the light of the world. And the little boy stood straight up and gleaned and looked at everybody in the audience and he said, my mother is the light of the world. <laughs> now we know that Jesus is the light of the world. But can I tell you today that a mother can be the light which will help lead her children to Christ. A mother can be a vessel in the hand of God that helps to lead her children to Christ. In the Word of God, God says to mothers basically two things. He says, be a woman of faith and teach your children to love the Lord. Be a woman of faith and teach your children to love the Lord. Now, I realize this morning that Mother's Day can feel so different for all of us in the room. For some of us today, it might be a day of joy, and for others, it may have moments of pain. For some, it's a celebration, but for others, it can have moments of grief. Some women are longing to have a child. Some have troubled relationships with their mother, and some are even grieving wayward children today. But I want to come today and remind you that God is faithful. God is good, and God knows exactly where you are, and I believe that he has a word for you today. Eve, the very first mother, let's look at what she said when she gave birth. Genesis 4.1. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. You see, God designed women physically and emotionally to not only conceive and bear a child, but to nurture that child and raise that child as well. So be encouraged with that today, that in those moments, women of God, mothers of God, mothers and women, families in the room today, any time that we feel inadequate, any time that we feel fearful or emotionally unstable, know that God had you in mind for this mission. He chose you for this mission. He created you to be the mother that you you are and he will equip you and guide you every season of life when we know this and believe this we can look at number one today and we're gonna say this to ourselves today women in the room say this with me the pressure is not on me Amen. It's not just moms today. Women, I believe there's some women in the room today that we need to be set free from the bondage of being perfect we need to be set free from the bondage of being perfect. So don't sweat the small stuff. Focus on what will last. I want to share a quote with you, and it says, Something wonderful begins to happen with the simple realization that life, like an automobile, is driven from the inside out, not the other way around. Don't sweat the small stuff. Focus on what will last. As mothers, a lot of times we start out real careful, right? We're just going to be that mom that we're going to have our house clean. We're going to serve all the healthiest meals. We're going to have the cleanest car, the cleanest house. And we begin to focus on being so perfect. We begin to turn our eyes to those physical things. And those are important. Those are important. But this is usually how it goes. The first child comes. And we look out and, oh, oh, little Johnny, he's eating dirt. So we get on the phone and we call the doctor, right? <laughs> and then second child comes. And we look out and little Susie, she's eating dirt. And then here comes Mama. And you know this little tool that Mama has looks like this. Something gets in the child's mouth. We go, 
We go right in about right here and we dig it out, right? Mama's tool. Second child, we dug that dirt out, we're good. Third child comes, we look out, they're having a little bit of dirt and we just look at daddy and say, oh good, we don't have to cook supper tonight. Little Johnny's full, it's all good. Life is busy and life can be hard, but all through this journey with our children, we are called to be women of faith and we are called to teach our children to love God. And that means if we're going to teach our children to love God, moms, if we're going to teach our children to love God, families, we have to take time for the teachable moments in our families. We have to take time for the teachable moments in our families. In 2 Kings chapter 4, we see a woman who was a widow, but she was also a mother. And her husband had died, and she was the mom of two sons. And we see her in this account. We see her struggling to put food on her table for herself and her boys. And in verse 4, she cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband is dead, and you know I love and I have served the Lord. But now my husband's creditors are on the way to take my boys as slaves. This mother, she had little. But she was asked by God to be obedient. And Elisha said to her, what do you have in your house? And I ask you today, what do you have in your house? When struggles come, what do you have in your house? You see, you don't need what another family has. You don't need what another mom has. You don't have to be like someone else for God to use you. You don't have to be like someone else for you to be a good mom because God has called you and equipped you to be a woman of faith. He's called you to be the mother of your children and teach them to love the Lord. And with God's help and strength, you can. To families today, I ask, what is in your house? Is your house filled with love? Is your house filled with hope? Is your home filled with forgiveness and grace? Is your house filled with the truth of God's word and encouragement and prayer? I love what we see in verse 5 here. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 5, it says, She came in and it says that she shut the door. Everybody say, shut the door. Oh, yes, yeah, she came in and it says that she shut the door behind her and her sons. And the sons brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. God kept providing. God kept providing. When the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. What an amazing moment that is, church. What an amazing moment that is for families today. Can't you just see this moment? Can you see this teachable moment? This moment of faith that would impact these boys for the rest of their life. You see this widow, this mother of these two boys, she could have come in and she could have shut the door and she could have sat at the table and she could have doubted. She could have come in and she could have shut the door and she could have told her boys, oh, we are going to die and the need just can't be met. But no, when I look at this, I see a mother. She came in and she shut that door of that house and she looked at her boys. She stood there and I bet she had tears just rolling down her face. But she led those boys in obedience. Come on, boys. Come on, boys. Bring me another jar. Bring me another jar. Bring me another jar because God is faithful. God does not fail. God will not let us down. We will not die. She spoke life. 
She spoke life. She was speaking promises. And today, families, I want to encourage you. I want to strengthen you with the Word of God today that it is time in those moments that we don't go in and shut the door and sit down in doubt and fear of what the enemy is coming against us with. But it's time that we go into our homes and we shut the door and we pray big, powerful, specific, big prayers because we serve a big, powerful God who is more than able. She said, come on, boys. Come on, boys, bring me another jar. Bring me another one and another one because God will not fail. Hope is needed in our homes again. Promises of truth over our minds are needed in our homes again. Over our lives, over the lives of not only our children, but generations to come behind us. I believe that idle busyness is a trap of the devil in homes today. We are so busy running around with earthly schedules that we don't even take moments for eternal inheritance. Church, did you grasp that today? We are so busy with our families running around with earthly schedules that we don't even take time for an eternal inheritance. I am sure, I am so sure that if I could speak to those boys today, what would have mattered? It would not have mattered what the house looked like. It wouldn't have mattered how many activities they did, how many toys they had, or even what they were wearing. Without a doubt, I believe that we would hear those boys tell of a time and a moment when the enemy came against them, but mama trusted God. But mama spoke life, but mama was obedient. When mama saw something in the spiritual above the natural church, mama saw something in the spiritual above the natural and taught those boys in that moment about the God they serve with whom nothing, with whom nothing is impossible. The name of this woman nor her boys were given in the Bible, but the action of this widowed mother brought life to her boys. Everybody say life. Life. Praise God. Brought life to her boys. Families, do you understand that today that in the everyday moments, In the everyday moments, it's not always about what's happening in the natural. It's not always about what we see going on with our eyes. Because I believe today, as godly parents, we often have to lead in the Spirit. We often have to lead in the Spirit. The Bible tells us in Colossians to set our minds on things above. To set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. Just as that mother knew. She knew when she shut that door that the creditors were on the way. She knew that they were on the way to take her boys as slaves. And can I tell you today, church, that the devil is on the way and desires to take your sons, your daughters, and your families as slaves with his nasty schemes. Are we going to sit back and allow it? Or do we need to have moments in our homes again when we shut the door and we speak life over what the enemy is trying to steal from us? Prayers that declare truth over our homes, over our children, and over generations to come. Greater is he that's in you. Greater is he that is in us, church, than he that is in this world. Greater is he that is coming against you than he who is coming against your families. God is greater than the devil and his schemes. Focus on what matters always. There's more to life than your busyness. Part-time Christians cannot defeat full-time devils. Part-time Christians cannot defeat full-time devils. 
The devil is not part-time. He is actively seeking and searching for whom he may devour. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to go in my house every chance I get and shut the door and declare life over my home, my husband, my children, and the children to come in the name of Jesus. Part-time Christians cannot defeat full-time devils. Our goal as parents should be to pass down an active faith to the next generation in such a way that they would be able to declare of the goodness and faithfulness of God to those around them, to their children and their children and generations to come. One thing I hear a lot about is parents making comments about their children's behavior. You know, and I was praying about this, and I was thinking about this, and you know what? It does not matter if your child is one month old, three months old, 13 years old, my goodness, 20 years old, I got one over there, or 50 years old. The truth is, you cannot control their behavior. You cannot control their behavior. In any of these seasons, you cannot control their behavior. But hear me clearly. What you have is a responsibility to your children to allow your children to be in environments and led to places where they can fall in love with Jesus. Because Jesus is the one that causes the process of their hearts to be more and more and more like Jesus. And see, this is where I think we miss it a lot in our families. We try to make it happen, and it is our responsibility. But are we taking our children, are we allowing our children to be in environments, not only in the home, but in church, everywhere they go, to be in an environment where the Holy Spirit can speak to them and move through their life? Just as Christ did for his children, we read in 2 Timothy. This is what he says to us, even as moms, even as families. He says we're to preach the word. We're to be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. I am so thankful that my heavenly father and my earthly father never made excuses for my behavior. They never make excuses for my behavior. They tell me what the truth is, and they reprove, they rebuke, and they exhort in long-suffering and love. I'm glad that my Heavenly Father loves me that much. I'm glad that my earthly father loved me that much. We don't need any more parents speaking negativity over their children and over their families. Proverbs 18:21. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Today, Mama, can I tell you, fill your mouth with life. Fill your mouth with life because life is truth. Truth is not always what you want to hear, is it? Does everybody always want to hear truth? No. Everybody doesn't always want to hear truth. We want to hear what we want to hear, but the truth is your children need to hear truth because truth is life. Truth is life. I've seen in my own life, as a baby, I've been told reports of where I'm a baby laying in the crib and my father would come and pray over me. And he would pray specific, bold prayers. He prayed, God, I want my daughter to be in ministry. I want my daughter to be a pastor's wife. Yeah, right, we can thank him later. Um, but I married a mechanic, but little did I know, God was working on them prayers and I married a pastor. But there is life in the power of the tongue. You can speak destiny over your children. You can declare life over them. As I think back over my life of the things I'm most thankful for, I think back to the mornings 
when mama would take a minute and we would kneel at the sofa for a quick prayer before school. That night when I wore my pajamas to the all-night prayer meeting, because I tell you, there was no excuse to be found. There was nothing more important than the all-night prayer meeting. I had a granddaddy and a grandma that prayed for me openly and spoke direction into my life openly. And can I tell you, it helped me. It led me. It created environments where I could fall in love with Jesus and be led by the Holy Spirit. Things of this world were never ahead of our time with the Lord. Things of this world were never ahead of our time with our church body and the things of God. Words of life were spoken over me. And today, can I tell you, church, we can do that over the gifts that God has given us. No matter the season, we're not told by God to be perfect, but we are told by God to be faithful. Faithful on the bad days. Faithful on the good days. Faithful on the times that we don't see when it's coming, but we know because of God, He will not let us down because He never fails. Don't sweat the small stuff. Focus on what that matters, on all that matters. In being a woman of faith and teaching your children to love God, how many of you know you're going to be a woman of prayer? You're going to be a woman of prayer. And God has reminded me of this, and He has shown me this during my prayer times many times. And that is number two, be a hedge protector. Be a hedge protector. You're a hedge protector. In our homes, if we don't want thieves to come in, what do we do? We be locking the doors, right? If we don't want people to take our debit card and go out and spend all of our money, then we don't give our number out, right? So on many other examples in that way that I could give. But do these things still happen sometimes? The thieves come in. The people who robbed our debit card number and they're using it to shop and have a heyday. Absolutely, these things still happen because we live in a fallen world. But we still are called to use the weapons we have to safeguard our families. Even though we live in a fallen world, we are still called to use the weapons that God has given us to safeguard our families. One powerful weapon that every Christian parent has is the ability to pray a hedge of protection around each of his or her children's homes and family. As a parent, we are dealing with spiritual powers. And that includes the attacks of spiritual wickedness that come against our families, that come against our minds, that come against our homes. Therefore, we are called to put on the whole armor of God, and we are called to stand. Everybody say stand. We are called to put on the whole armor of God and to stand against the attacks of the wicked one. That is activity, church. That is an activity. Put on the whole armor of God so that we can stand. Are parents really putting on the whole armor of God? Are we? 2 Corinthians 10, 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to pulling down the strongholds. Job experienced this protection, and guess what? Satan complained about its effectiveness against him. Job 1, 10. Hast not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? The devil noticed this hedge, this protection that God had over him, and he knew its effectiveness. Now, I want you to listen to this. In the Old Testament, wild animals were much more prevalent in the Middle East than they are today. The Bible mentions lions, wolves, bears, leopards, and hyenas. Stone walls could keep predators away from living areas and livestock. The walls would have been very tall and would take a long time to make. 
Wood was not plentiful enough to waste on a fence. Instead, a hedge of thorn bushes could be induced to grow around a living compound. Thorn bushes would be too dense to crawl through and too sharp to chew through, as well as too deep for anything to jump over. Now, those thorn bushes sound to me kind of like the love of my God. Can't nothing get through the love of my God. It's too wide, it's too deep, it's too high, it's too strong. Nothing can get through the love of my God. A hedge would also be a deterrent to sheep and goats seeking to escape their pen. As Satan is compared to a lion looking for whom he may devour, 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be alert and be sober. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, I want you to catch this today. The hedge provides protection. It's a spiritual protection around our families. As parents, as men and women of faith, we are either keepers of the hedge or we tear down sections of the hedge. Too often we allow broken places into the hedges of our homes. Yes, things happen that we didn't see coming, but we are called Christians to be keeper of the hedges around our homes. Think before you speak to your children. Think before you say something about your children. Say it with me. Be sober. Be, sober. be, alert. be alert. Yes, be sober. Be alert before you encourage behavior or engage in negativity with your children. Sometimes gaps in the hedges come. But it's in that moment where we need to stand. It's in that moment where we need to pray prayers of faith over our families and move in faith. Listen to this. Gomer in the Old Testament was prophet Hosea's wife. And she continued to chase after lovers. But God placed a hedge of thorns around her, keeping her from finding adulterous relationships and eventually driving her back to her husband. Let's read it. Hosea 2, 6, and 7. But I will fence her in with thorn bushes. I will block the road to make her lose her way. When she runs after lovers, she won't be able to catch up with them. She will search for them, but will not find them. Hallelujah. God can do what we cannot do. God can do what we cannot do when we pray according to the will of God. James 5, 16, the earnest prayer of a righteous person. The earnest prayer of a righteous mama. The earnest prayer of a righteous family has great power and produces wonderful results. We can pray this hedge for our children and our families. We can ask God to hedge them in so they will have the right kind of friends, so they can be protected from the wrong influences. And we can ask God to bind and rebuke the power of Satan in the life of each one of your families. Ecclesiastes 10.8, He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it, and whosoever breaketh a hedge, a serpent shall bite him. It is time that we pray in the name of Jesus, that we pray through the blood of Jesus, that we claim promises over our homes, that we claim promises over our family, and that we declare victory in the name of Jesus. Maybe you say, Pastor Lisa, I feel that I have done this. And I see that my family is walking in ways that God would not have them walk. And I'm going to read you a scripture, Proverbs 22, 6, says, direct your children on the right path and they will not depart from it when they are older. 
knowing that everyone has a free will and they have a choice to make, but you have planted it and you have taught them to love the Lord. And I want to remind you today that when you feel that your prayers are empty, they're not. Your prayers matter. Your prayers make a difference. And I want to say to you today that the prayers of a righteous woman availeth much. If you have to do it alone, do it alone. Stand in the gap because just because you don't see it in your natural eyes does not mean that it's not happening in the Spirit. As we become women and men who pray hedges of protection around our homes, we've got to remember that the Word did promise that we'd have trials, we'd have tribulations to face. But in the midst of all that, the Word said that nothing formed against us would prosper. We don't have to be afraid of what is to come. We don't have to be afraid of what the big old devil can do to us. Because we serve a God that is so big and so powerful and loves us and has his eye not only on you, but on your family. And nothing formed against you shall prosper. As we declare truth, Now that's as we declare truth and as we stand as a family united, we are covered in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we stand in that place as a family, can I tell you the devil has zero access to anything that God has given you. Period. Zero access. It's not like the thieves that still break in. Zero access as we are covered in the blood of the Lamb. Now, in learning about these hedges in the Middle East that I was telling you about, in the physical sense, they commented on where the serpents would hide. I thought, my goodness. The serpents would hide in the crannies and the cracks of the hedges. Y'all know what them serpents were hiding there for. They were hiding there for a chance to enter waiting for a gap in that hedge just big enough where they could come in and they could strike. I thought, my, my, that sounds like the devil that's up against us. It sounds like that devil that comes against us. Church, we've got to keep the hedge. We've got to keep the hedge. We've got to keep the hedge. If we're not keeping it, who is? The world's not keeping it for our children, for our homes. We've got to be keepers of the hedge. Breaking the hedge is breaking out of the bloodline. As a child of God, we have a bloodline. We have a spiritual inheritance. And I know if I ask each one of you in in here today, you want your children to know mama and papa and grandma and granddaddy and aunt and uncle. But have you taken the time to share with your family again and again that they have a spiritual inheritance that is greater than any inheritance they have on this earth? They're going to make their choice, but we are called to teach our children about the gift that God has given us in our spiritual inheritance. In closing today, I could not help but quickly mention the mother Hannah from the Word of God. When we look at Hannah, I believe, moms, dads, families, I believe when we look at the mother Hannah, we see where it's at. Because even before her child was born, Hannah represents a mama who understood about interceding for her child's healing. 
She understood what it meant about persevering in prayer until she had an answer. 1 Samuel 1.12, we see that Hannah repeated her petition, prolonged her prayer, and was unwilling. Somebody say unwilling. Unwilling to let the Lord go until she had her promise. Can I tell you there are some families in this room today that need to go back and find your promise? You need to grab hold of your promise. And when you've got hold of that word from the Lord, when you've got hold of that promise from the Lord, then you're ready to stand in the gaps of those hedges and see God move. In the book of the New Testament and the Old Testament, testament means promise. God has given us a book full of promises that we can hold on to. A book full of promises and truths that we can find and we can stand on and we can declare it out before our families and our children. And today, if you need to go back and find your promise, then go back and find it, grab hold of it, declare it, and stand on it. One beautiful promise in the Word of God, and I'm going to read it quickly because this is an example where we can go and we can open up the Word of God. Psalms 91. Is it up on the screen? All right. If you can read it with me, I want us to read it together. Psalms 91, let's declare it. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I will trust Him. For He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with His feathers. He will shelter you with His wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Hallelujah. Do not be afraid of the terrors of night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for He will order His angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, what does he say? I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lord, we speak that over our families and our homes today. God, I speak that into the minds of these people here today. We spend hours and hours of life helping with homework, driving them to activities. We spend money on sports, lessons, and various classes that we want to see them grow and be all that they can be in this world. And there's nothing wrong in that. Nothing wrong in that. But I'm asking today to allow God to speak to your heart today in the midst of the busyness, in the midst of those full lives and have you just stand in a moment and say, what's in your house? Be a woman of faith, be families of faith and teach your children to love God. 
Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 8. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. It says impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your forehands. Would you stand with me this morning? In closing today, and I'm just going to put a quick plug in. If you have not signed up for the ladies' power-up party, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Come be a part. And with that said, I just want to share three things with you as we get ready to close here. If we're going to be a woman of faith and we're going to teach our children to love the Lord, in order to do this, there's three things as we go out of this place that we've got to be ready to do. That we've got to be willing to do. That we've got to stand and do. The first one is suit up. Everybody say suit up. Suit up. Ephesians 6, 11 through 18 says, Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, it says, take up the whole armor of God that then you're going to be able to stand. You're going to be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand. Church, we've got to suit up in the armor of God to fight these battles that are coming against our home. How many of you have ever had a battle in your home? Okay, let's try that again because we need to preach online next week. How many of y'all have ever had a battle? I'm not just asking, have you argued? A financial battle, a health battle in your marriage with your children, something, a battle in your home. Okay, everybody in here, everybody in here is facing battles in your home in some form or fashion. We've got to suit up. We can't do it in our own strength and in our own mind. We've got to suit up. We can't fight the battles on our own. The generations and our children need to see it and understand it. Number two, show up. Everybody say, show up. How many of you know some days you've got to show up not just in the joy, but you've got to show up in the pain? You've got to show up on the good days. You've got to show up on the bad days. You've got to show up in the joy. You've got to show up in the pain. You've got to show up for the children and the generations behind you that need to see the faithfulness and the realness of a God who never fails. Just like that widow who had little, she showed up. She showed up when she shut that door and spoke life over her family. She showed up and we've got to stop running away. We've got to stop running away. Number three, stand strong. Come on, let's say that. Stand strong. Stand strong with God's help. This is not a physical standing, but a spiritual stance. It's a spiritual stance as we protect the hedges of our home. Standing united. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.